Welcome back to the podcast, a special guest today. Gene Smith, Athletic Director of Ohio State. I'm Doug Maurice, and not the Athletic Director for that much longer. You've announced <laughs> your retirement, Gene. What, why was this the right time for you? Was it a hard decision, or did you know, like, okay, time for me yeah. to move on to something else? Yeah, it was a, a challenging decision. It was a hard decision because it's a kind of a process that you go through. And, you know, I've always had uh, people tell me, you know, people I respect, that you're just going to know when it's time. It's going to be one of those moments. And in the summer, I actually was in Arizona with my wife, Sheila. And I was, you know, I was going through my process to think about goals for the year. And, and uh, I remember... Uh, telling her, you know what, I, I feel like it's time. And we've talked about it periodically, uh, but I just felt like it was time. And it just kind of came over me. It was kind of a weird, kind of weird feeling. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, just, it wasn't any particular issue or anything of that nature. It was just time. And, uh, you know, I was, I think I was 48 or 49 when I came here. I forgot. And, and you know, I'm 67 now. So, you know, it's, it's been a good run. And yeah. I, I'm ready. And if we follow your Twitter account, we see you update yeah, us on the seven yeah. grandkids from time to yeah, time. So now yeah. I can just be a full-time grandpa. That's good. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I want to spend quality time with my children and my grandchildren. And uh, it's been kind of in and out, you know. So yeah. now I, I'll have a chance to, like, be with them, you know, go to their school. And, you know, one of my grandkids uh, broke his foot this weekend. I wish I could have been there, you know, and drive them to the, the hospital and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I, I want to have that opportunity. You and I have talked about this idea, I think, a lot over the years, using the power and influence of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like, as we've seen so much change mm-hmm. in college athletics and so much change in the Big Ten, how do you feel like Ohio State has wielded its influence mm-hmm. through you, mm-hmm. through the presidents at various times? And how much is Ohio State, do you think, helped shape where we are right now with an mm-hmm. 18T Big Ten, with a 12-team college football playoff on the horizon? Yeah. Has Ohio State had a big say in that in your mind? Yeah, you know, it's, it's um, sure, no question about that. Um, but uh, we've always operated understanding that we're part of a league and that uh, everyone in the room brings different thoughts and ideas and, and historical knowledge to the table or whatever. Um, so we've really not kind of had to wield power, so to speak, like the Ohio State power. Uh, just a couple of times, you know, during COVID, obviously, uh, during that time frame. But normally it's, it's more of a collaboration. It's more bringing everyone else along. Um, my uh, opportunities have become, have, were there because of my experience in Ohio State. Um, you know, I've, I've seen it all. Uh, and so a lot of times in the room, uh, I can revert back to experiences that I had that may relate to the issue that we're talking about. Yeah. And so that has helped us guide a conversation, not just because of, you know, a lot of times it is because we're in Ohio State, um, but also it's because of our experiences. And so it's been enjoyable. It really has, um, you know, we've never, you know, during COVID, we had to kind of wield our power a little bit to back to play but that was about it that you think that of all of all the times and you're almost two mm-hmm. decades here that's the one that stands that's out the, the most you think if ohio if ohio state if you in ohio state mm-hmm. and the president and ryan day and everyone involved the parents mm-hmm. at ohio state had not said we gotta play right do you think maybe the big 10 would not have changed its mind yeah i think so i think at the end of the day while we wielded a lot of power and influence in that space uh, some with my colleagues, just bringing them along, saying, okay, we got to get here. We got to get there. And so 
um, you know, that that point in time, um, I and we made a collective decision that we we're going to wield our power and be strong in this initiative. And and um, you know, I there were a couple phone calls um, and a couple actions. Uh, you know, I remember um, Bill Moose at Nebraska. Um, you know, threatened to play the his games. Uh, I forgot exactly how he put it. Non-conference games, and he was actually lighting schools up. And, yeah. And you know, I'm like, that's curious. So I I didn't know the details of the contract and if we could actually do that. So, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that if he was going to do it, that we all could do it. And so I I was you know, I don't want to display my passion and attitude uh, on those Zoom calls to, to find out contractually if we could actually make that happen. But the threat yep. that we were going to do that was big enough. The threat that we had that I wanted my lawyers in the room to evaluate uh, whether or not that could be done was big enough. And so um, there, that was the that was time. That was the time when I made a decision. We're going to bring it all to bear. Okay. Cause You've always said, right, a rising tide lifts all ships. That's You've, right, and I and believe that. What, what do you believe has been the right balance of trying to do what's best for Ohio State, because mm -hmm. I'm such a first priority, but right. also doing what's best for the Big Ten? Has that mm -hmm. been a difficult balance to strike in your mm -hmm. mind, or is not it really. often the same thing? So yeah, it's not, not really. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, it's really been the same thing. Okay. You know, I'll, I just We're in an example right now where we're playing you know, Michigan State uh, at night at home on the second Saturday uh, in November. Historically, that was one of the tolerances that we'll never do that. But because of the, how the television arrangement occurred, we needed to help. And so um, I made a, a sacrifice and said, okay, we're gonna go ahead and play that game regardless of our current restrictions and our tolerances to help the league, Okay, to help the league. Now, you know, who knows what the weather's gonna be like, right? But at the end of the day, uh, that was a sacrifice on our part. I don't like playing night games that late in the year uh, for our fans. Uh, and so, um, but for the betterment of the league, we needed to help. And then there's been times over my career when it's been like that. It's, I wouldn't say that that's a big lift for us, but, you know, it's a sacrifice. When you look at what some of the blue blood, some of the anchor programs in college mm -hmm. football, mm -hmm. what's happening right now. You have Texas and Oklahoma. Right. Texas started its own network, and mm -hmm. I think that started us down the past. We've talked about that before. Yep. You were part of that. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma and Texas, they're leaving the Big 12. The Big mm -hmm. 12 has to reshape itself. Mm -hmm. USC and UCLA leave the Pac-12. It basically leads to the demise of mm -hmm. the Pac-12. You have Florida State in the ACC trying. rattling, mm -hmm. hey, we're trying to get out of here. Meanwhile, Ohio State as an anchor program in the Big Ten, mm -hmm. the Big Ten did not break up. The Big Ten mm -hmm. has added. Mm -hmm. Other programs have wanted to join the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. There's a power that's coalescing in the Big Ten. Did it have to be this way? I always like to think of oh, what ifs, yeah, right? Yeah. Pac-12 broke up. Yeah. What if Ohio State or other schools here would have played it differently? Could we be in a world mm -hmm. where it's the Big Ten that has been Breaking split up. up and is going different places? Yeah. Did it? Was there enough power in Midwestern football that it was always going to play out this way? Or yeah. is it because you guys played nicely together yeah. and created an environment for the Big Ten yep. to, to stay it. together. You just said it. It's because our our collective values and principles and how our, our respect for tradition and history uh, and our footprint kept us together. You know, we're 
we're in a, you know, a, a very good footprint. And, and so when you think about the population, when you think about the size of our schools, when you think about our alumni bases, you know, we're, we're some of the oldest schools in the country. And so that's why our reach is so, so deep. Uh, so in our, it's just, we're, we're probably more collegial in some respects. And so, um, I always felt the Big Ten would stay strong and be together. Um, when you got, when you have us, when you have the team up north, when you have a Penn State, when you have a Wisconsin, you know, at the end of the day, and bringing in Nebraska was very helpful. Uh, so, I think that the, the reality is the Big Ten is a solid and all, well, has always been a solid conference, and I didn't, I could never imagine that it would get to a point where it would break up. Okay, TV is so strong. Um, Big Ten Network. Yep. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, after Texas started their own network, we started BTN and the pain that we went through to start that thing. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been wildly successful. And the fact that we hooked up with Fox when everybody else was ESPN, ABC, we, we took a risk with Fox and created uh, a, really a, com a competition in the marketplace for TV. Big Ten did that. And so I, I think it's, it's a conference that is, was always stable, going to stay stable, never break up. Maybe we're a little surprised by the timing, but I don't know that you're not surprised what happened with Oregon and Washington no. eventually getting here, no, right? No, not shocked at all. It feels like to me that college football is dividing itself, right? It's been a regional sport, mm -hmm. and I think it's going to be two regions now. Mm -hmm. It's going to be north and south. Could be. And that we're going to, I think it has yeah. a chance to be really fun. Be distinctive, right? Mm -hmm. ESPN's with the SEC now, and if right. Florida State or other schools go to the SEC, we right. see the Big Ten. Maybe the Big Ten even grows there with Fox. D do you think maybe that's what we're getting to? And if we did, yeah. that'd be cool. Exactly. You said it earlier. Fun, cool, exciting. I mean, I I look forward to the total integration of USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington. I think there's going to be fun contests. I think the the first time – you know, the Buck, well, the Buckeyes have traveled to, to Washington before, but when they travel to Oregon and and it becomes kind of a, a competitive mix over time, um, I, I think that's going to be exciting. It's new. It's different. There's a novelty to it. And so, I don't know. I just think that uh, um, I, I kind of look at it from, you know, the point of view that from a business point of view, when we go to negotiate, sure, it's going to make us stronger, but it's also going to create some new traditions. And I'm excited about that. When you think about the population bases, the big markets, yes. right, that are going to be part of the Big Ten now, um, often when you end up comparing like the Big Ten and the SEC, for mm -hmm. instance, one of the things you go to right away is you look at all the national titles in right. football and men's basketball right. in the SEC. And the Big Ten just in recent times doesn't compare to that. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that the big, the new Big Ten, the growing Big Ten, mm -hmm. can leverage the markets the, the power of that, the money of that, to maybe even raise the level of competition. There's a part of me, it's like you get the gang together, right? and now let's go head-to-head -head with the South. Like We're, yeah. we're going to build up where we can. You can't move Columbus right. to where all the football players are in Florida, right. Right? right? but you can leverage what you do best. Is there a chance for the Big Ten to maybe leverage its own strengths in a way that wins more national championships for the Big Ten? I don't know that. I mean, that, that just depends on the individual institutions and their recruiting strength. I mean, sure, you have to look at it from a um, you know conference point of view, but realistically, you know, who are the coaches? Who are the inst what institution is putting together the strategy to rec recruit the best and the brightest 
student athletes and, and develop them the right way. I mean, that's that's still it. You know, there's a reason we are recruiting in the southeast part of the country heavily. It goes mm -hmm. to your comment. There's a lot of players down there. You know, before it used to be, you know, I forgot what year it was, years ago, we were like focused on California and Texas. Right. And that shifted over time. So now we're a little bit more, we're still out there, but we're a lot more focused on the southeast. So I don't know. I just, I think it's certainly the league helps, you know, those type of games will help. But I think this really gets down to we just got to recruit better across the board. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about Matt Rule at, in Nebraska. I think he's an outstanding recruiter. Uh, Luke at Wisconsin. Um, you know, at the end of the day, remember, remember when Urban challenged the league mm -hmm. to improve its recruiting? Yeah, the more gentlemen's agreements. Exactly yeah. right. And so I really think we got to stay focused on that. This is about players. I mean, in developing players. And so the Southeastern Conference schools have done a better job than that in some ways. And so we, we got to do, we got to stay on this trajectory. Do I help this new model? Gonna, do I think this new model is going to help a coach? No question. Um, but we, 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 at the end of the day, we got to do a better job in recruiting across the board. You mentioned this at your news conference, like the, you, you've always thought it'd be nice to have a college football czar, right? Yeah, Someone who's yeah. in charge of that. It, I, I don't think anybody could argue that there's a leadership mm -hmm. vacuum in college sports. No the NCAA has basically shed that responsibility. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Didn't have a president for a while, has a president now. I, I, do TV networks run college sports right now? Oh, yeah, they have a lot of say in it. It's no Is that good? That, Is that okay? Well, let's be clear. They, they don't run college sports, you know, because – they're, they have influence mm -hmm. because of their money and their product, which is TV, but they don't run it. I mean, at the end of the day, we make a lot of local and national decisions legislatively and things of that nature. You know, they didn't, they didn't create the transfer portal. You know, they yeah. didn't create NIL. So they don't run college sports. So I don't know if that's the right word, okay. but they do have significant influence. When it comes to the shaping of, you know, the conferences and, and the strength of the individual schools and conferences, because they pump a lot of money into those those uh, conferences and schools. Uh, but as far as running it, not really. I mean, they don't have anything to do with, you know, whether or not we're going to have a kickoff team. You know, that's the rules committee. So, um I think when people say they run college sports, I, I think they need to use a different way to position that yeah. they have significant influence on st the structure overall structure uh so yeah they got influence and they have a say in you know which teams are are gonna line up in what conferences yeah and that's really about it i can remember you asking i can remember asking you this question i think when the big 10 network was starting when nebraska was coming mm -hmm. in it's like what are you gonna do with the money right yeah, hey right, everyone right. in the big 10 is gonna make more money so like okay like mm -hmm. well Money is only good if you can use it for something. I right. do think you could look at what the Big Ten has done with some of its head coaching hires. Yeah. And I think in, in, in yes. lots of major sports, and I think the staffs of those mm -hmm. schools, you know, Brett Bielema once upon a time left Wisconsin right. for Arkansas because right. he felt like they couldn't pay assistance. It doesn't feel like that's the case mm -hmm. with the Big Ten right now. There's going to be, right, more yeah. influx of money. You guys are yeah. in a great spot from the TV thing. Like, wh what are you doing with the money? Yeah. Do you have enough? Like, is right. there, do, can you ever have, Enough money? Are you always, right. or are there times when it's like, well, maybe we'd make more money doing this, but actually we don't need more money. Let's take another thing into consideration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or is it a no, business? It's, it's always it's, a business. It's always a business, Doug. You know, and, and every place is different. So we have 36 sports. Yeah. Right. And uh, 
Um, Penn State, no, Michigan has 31. I think Penn State has 29. It might be reversed. I forgot. Um, but if you look at, let's use the Southeastern Conference. I mean, their average is around 22, 23 sports. So, you know, they're, they're going to end every year with a net off of their revenue. Every single year, unless they're mismanaging. They're going to end every, every single year with a net. For us, we got the expenses of everything, including Brutus. You know, the cheer team, the dance team, mm -hmm. you know, all those are expenditures and our average expenditures go up every single year, five to 7%. And, our, and we pay for our tuition and in state, out of state or international. And that goes up anytime the university raises tuition. But also we've made a philosophical decision. We're going to recruit character and we're going to put everything around those student athletes to be the best that they can be. And, and you see it. You walk to Woody Hayes, you see more equipment than you can imagine, you know, you, you, you saw Marvin Harrison catching passes on Twitter where we offer that machine as mm -hmm. a computer generated machine. And, you know, that costs money. Right. So, the, uh, so our sports sciences, our, our support around our athletes, that costs money. And all those people every year cost you a little bit more money. And, and so, um, you know, it's, it's an expensive venture to do it the way we're doing it to make sure we're investing everything that a student athlete deserves in being the best she or he can be. Um, so that's, that's expensive. So where would that money go? It'll go into that. Now we also have a model where we, we oversee all of our facilities. You know, we, we're the custodians. We, we pay for deferred maintenance. Um, you know, if the, the new tennis facility, if we don't put X amount of dollars into it every single year for deferred maintenance, 10 years from now, we're going to have a balloon payment on deferred mm -hmm. maintenance. So, you know, our budget is, 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 is complicated because most people don't understand we run the golf courses, you know, and so that, that's a, the grounds of the golf course. I and mean, this is a, that money goes in a lot of different places. Uh, we need it. Uh, there's going to be years where we'll have a net. There's going to be years where we have a deficit. Based upon like this year, we're struggling. We're going to have about six home games. There you go. Mm -hmm. Perfect example. We had eight home games last year. Home run. Phenomenal year. This year's going to be a struggle. We got to be very creative, manage our expenses and generate revenue. Next year, well, depends upon the schedule. I think we'll have eight home games still because we've got three non-conference. That won't be a problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't be. But anyway, that's that, so where does the money go? It goes there um, to support our student athletes and and so we, you know, hopefully one day there's a little bit more money in there for cash to the pockets of the athletes. Uh, but right now, uh, that's not in play. I've always thought that the Ohio State lens to view college athletics is very interesting because I think it is this a fair definition? You want to compete with Alabama in football and you want to right. compete with Stanford and everything else. That's right. You want to win the national championship in football. You also want to win the, the director's cup, right? right? Who else thinks that way? Is, is Ohio State alone no in that and why like yeah, why does yeah. ohio state think that way is that you did you no. feel like the university and the athletic department thought that way before you got here because that's two very different things mm -hmm. and two very challenging things but i think that's 
what you guys have laid out for the last two decades. Yeah, no, that's that's who we are, and uh, that's what we uh, always strive to be. And, and Andy Geiger had that too, my my predecessor. So, at the end of the day, uh, if you're at the top of the pyramid, the team up north they focus that way. You know, Texas focuses that way. I mean, so you 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 try and build your overall program to be the best that it could be and win that Directors Cup. Um, now everybody doesn't focus like we do and how you build that with like our circle of care and things we've talked about. Um, but, you know, we, there's a number of schools that, that focus just like we do, trying to win the national championship in football, but also trying to win the director's cup. There's not a lot, not a lot, but there's, there's a few. So you do clearly care about the thousand athletes at oh, Ohio yeah. state. It means a lot to me. I mean, I just, I got a text today from Mike Pusillo. Remember him, the wrestler? Yeah. Who came out and and, yeah. and and he texted me and it was it's just so moving um because he remembered that I was one of the first persons to reach out to him when he came out. And and that at the end of the day is what it's all about. It's about that student athlete experience, making sure you create an environment for them to be successful and feel comfortable in that environment. And and that was a great example for me. That's 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 the juice right there. Yeah. In that vein, mm-hmm. what can be done? What should be done to ease the life of all the Ohio State athletes who are now going to have four West Coast schools in their conference? Right. And are there things that can be done with money, mm-hmm. with charter flights, mm-hmm. with I don't know, nicer hotels to stay in, right. with anything like that? And then a second part Our of that is basketball team is in Brazil right now, by the way. Oh, well, see, you got to save the Brazil money for Oregon now. That's pretty good. I've Let's never think, been to Brazil. Think about that, you know. So. Well, Mike, how, how, how high on the list of priorities is that? Huge. Because this, honestly, this is a football decision mm-hmm. that four West Coast schools are coming in. But you have 35 other sports. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the right. women's hockey team is, I guess, not going to go play USC. Yeah, no. But like a lot of other sports who are going to have to deal with the fallout of that. Right. Can you solve the problems with money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. So, but also strategic scheduling, but certainly money. A lot of our teams already play on the West Coast. Yeah, you know that's so. This is not new. So, some of our teams, um, for RPI reasons, have to go play the West Coast or in the Texas area. So, um, tennis, for example, in order to strengthen the RPI, so that we're when we get to postseason, we're ranked high. He'll go and play Texas. He'll go and play UCLA. So he'll, they do fly around already. So, but from a conference point of view, looking at, um, I think if someone asked today if, if, uh, women's soccer or volleyball has, or men's soccer has to go out west to play UCLA, play them on a Friday night and then play the other school on a Sunday, then come home. So you got to mitigate, uh, miss class time. So you have to look at that carefully. But I think there's mechanics around that. But also, I would agree with you that there has to be some financial investments for those students to travel. And some may be charter and some may just be great commercial opportunities. But uh, certainly there's going to have to be some investments made for some sports at certain times uh, for that travel. And do you believe that is a priority of the Big Ten? To, priority. To, to, to make sure that it's not too much. They're trying to go to class. Yeah. They're trying to live a That's normal right. life. They're trying to get sleep right. so that they're not their lives aren't completely thrown off. by. That's right. Tri- and do you have to play everybody? I think the definition of a conference, we have to let go of what right. a conference used to be. You have to. Just because Washington and Ohio State are in the same 
men's soccer conference, do you actually have to play in the regular season? Could you maybe just see them in the conference tournament? Sure. And, and do you have to play at their places? You know, why not pick a place in the middle of the country and you bring four teams in and you play? Okay. So there, there's a lot of different ways to think about it, but you're exactly right. It doesn't have to be round robin. You know, so there's what's nice is our senior women administrators are really good in this space. And so there are all these ideas, they're processing, they're thinking through. And I believe we'll get there. Now, will there be some growing pains? Year one might not be 100% right, so you tweak it, and then year two, you get it a little bit better. But to your earlier question, you got to keep the student athlete and their welfare as the focus. Okay. And you know, we'll make some mistakes in the first year, and then you change it, or They'll make some mistakes in the first year. See, <laughs> they have they'll to change, change it. it. They'll change it. A uh, couple football scheduling questions. Yeah. Again, the logistics of this. You guys came up with a plan. It feels like now the plan has to change. There's a reader who sent this in to me. Jim sent this in, and I, it clarified for me. A Big Ten football schedule. You pair up everybody. So you create nine pairs. Okay. And I think we could go through right now. You would know what the pairs are. Yeah. They're all parent. You get Penn State, Michigan State. They're mm -hmm. the, everybody else is obvious. So Ohio State, Michigan. Your opposite pair is your rival. You play them every year. Mm. Everything else, the other eight pairs, you play one team in the pair every year. Yeah. And you get a rotation. So you play everybody else twice every four years, one there, one here, right? Mm. So you get that cycle that you guys are interested in. Mm. Did we just solve the scheduling problem for the Big Ten? You're not going to get paid for that idea. I know. It's okay. Sorry, Jim. It's not a consulting moment. Student athletes just like you. <laughs> Smooth and easy, yeah, right? You know, that's, that's interesting thought. You know, I'm sure we have Kerry Kenny and Kevin Pago in the league. We're working on what our scheduling model will be. I'm sure they're thinking through that. But you can run it up so. the chain. Yeah, right? I will. No okay. question about it. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ryan Day says he's, he's worried about playing Michigan back-to-back -back if you play at end of the regular season in the conference mm -hmm. championship game. I say you still got to play it late in the year, but if you want to move it to game 11 instead of game 12 mm -hmm. to eliminate that possibility, but mm -hmm. you're still building to something, then in game 12 you just play somebody else. Right. I'd be open to that. You know, I think there were times when maybe Michigan ADs wanted to move the game, and I think maybe mm -hmm. you threw your body in front of that and said, we're not moving the game. Could you see Ohio State-Michigan maybe being played in November, but not the last game of the regular season ever? Right. You know, it, 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 I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, right now it's contractual, so that's not going to happen. It's contractual with, with this TV television That's right. So Just, it's at least seven years off. Well, I think there's it five years. Five, okay. Yeah, so – Five years, then you can change it. But right now, um, but, you know, I think, you know, you and, and even if something's contractual, it's about the partnership. So if you use your sample, if you did move it how and, and you wanted to move it, even though it's contractual, how do you, if we think that that's beneficial, how do you make sure you move it and you work with your partner and you, you modify the contract, you amend the contract? So that's first. There's, there's a way to do that. But the question becomes, you know, are you comfortable playing back to back? Ryan's what's, not. What's the what's the realistic chance that that might happen? Right. Remember, remember we went through this with legends we and did. leaders. We did. <laughs> right. We can go back to that, by the way. Uh, let's so, not do that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I just I just don't know. Um, you know, the, if we move that game, and um, just for that reason, because it might not ever happen, and so. You know, it's, it's a possibility, but, you know, now you got USC in the league, you got, you know, Oregon in the league, and, you know, I'm yeah. not so sure 
that's the uh, right be, thing. Maybe guaranteed. Yeah. Were you surprised when Ryan Day said that at no, Big Ten Media Days? Or you, you, that's no, been a discussion. No, you're not vetted it. And, you know, it's, it's, that I, that's fine for him to, to say, say that. And, and I think it's always got to be talked about. The, the team up north is against that idea right now. And Ward and I have talked about it, and they're against it right now. And, uh, but I think you got to keep it on the table. Okay. You have to. Because uh, it's in the league, it's so valuable. It is so valuable where it is for TV. Okay. Know, for all the reasons you can imagine. The buildup is significant. All the other games that happened that weekend, the viewership has been ridiculous. So, um, I, you know, I think you can go back to TV and make some rationale around it. But, you know, you have to really have some good metrics to say it would be even better if you did this. Uh, it's pretty valuable right now. Yeah, it is. So I've been doing this since 2005 also, but I'm just writing stories and doing podcasts. You're running the show. One thing about Ohio State is Ohio State is always interesting. Mm-hmm. They're usually good. Right. You guys are usually pretty good at this. Right. But even if you're not good, it is super interesting. Always. And there have been ups and downs here yep. in your time. There, You mentioned winning a national championship in football, winning a national championship in wrestling. You guys right. have won championships in, in lots of different things, competed at a very high level. You've also had things where you've had to deal with the NCAA, mm-hmm. right. all those kind of things. As you look back, mm-hmm. right, has it been – is it every day just like – nuts when you're the Ohio State athletic director? <laughs> no. Like, what is it like? Because you're trying to be the best, right. basically in everything. Right. And also, there are some things that pop up along the way. Like, what right. was it like to be running the show in this athletic department for almost two decades when you take yeah. in the totality of everything that's happened? It's been fun. It's been fun. You know, I'm, I'm that guy. You know, I'm probably the idiot. So I believe this. If you run a large organization with so many people, in our case, it's 523. Um, my job is to make sure I create an environment that is great collaborators, great communication, and highly positive. Highly positive. The worst time you, the worst place to make decisions for anyone is when you're upset, you're pissed off, you're mad, right? Mm-hmm. That's the bottom of the mood elevator. The best place to make decisions and, and be successful is when you're operating at the top of the mood elevator. You're happy and every, you know, you're just feeling good about things. And so I'm that guy that even like everybody else, you wake up in the morning and one of those days you just don't feel like going to work. Uh, I'm in tune with myself. I know what I have to do to, from a trigger point of view to make myself feel better about the day. So I play my music in my car. I may roll my window down, start singing, whatever it is. By the time I get to work, I'm positive. If I walk in this environment and I'm negative, what's that going to do to my teammates? They're going to be negative. And so I try and elevate everybody to be the best that they can be by doing that myself. So my days, you know, every in a year, 97% or 8% of my days, that's who I am. That's just how I operate. And um, so it, to me, it's been fun. And, and frankly, as I'm going through a day, if something causes me to go in a downward spiral, I get out of that chair and I'll go over and see our student athletes. I mean, I just have all these little triggers. Um, sit down and talk to Cody McMahon, who's like, you know, crazy as all get out mm-hmm. and just make you feel better about what you do. And so I don't know. I, um, over my career, there's been some hardships. 
you know, 2011 with that situation and, you know, the Urban Meyer situation. And uh, there's been, some, you know, the, the worst part, it's just funny, you know, people forget about the hardest part. You know, Holly, our synchronized swimming coach, texted me after my announcement and reminded me that the first time she met me was when uh, we lost a student athlete. And I, and I, that vision came back to me of, you know, being in that apartment, you know, where that student athlete had passed and Holly's there and the uh, EMS is there and all that. And, you know, those, those moments are like a nightmare, you know, and, and so you've had, I've had those, yeah. you know, I've, I've had a student athlete try and commit suicide. I've had all that sitting at her bedside and at two o'clock in the morning, um, and trying to, understand what happened and so in trying to consult the team whilst they're sitting out there in the lobby in the middle of the night because they wanted to be there for uh their teammate um you know people don't hear that they don't see that those are the moments that are are like hardest hardest the other stuff it's just what we do gene smith ohio state athletic director until june 30th, june 30th. 2024 and then he's just grandpa. That's so, it. That's the plan. Yeah, Gene, thanks so much Thank for you, taking Doug. time appreciate out of your you, day. Man. We appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks to Thank you guys you. for joining us here Thank you. on the podcast.